The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you need it. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. Good morning and welcome to the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm Joss Zamzo, your host today, and with me is Chris Owings, a uh, very important person here at Zamzo's, but also a seed-starting expert. Uh, this is actually a pre-recorded show, so so please don't call the show if you have questions, but you can always reach out to us uh, on Facebook or at zamzos.com and email those questions and we can address them in a, at a future show. Uh, so, uh, so in the meantime, today we're going to be talking about seed starting, and we're recording this show uh, here at the at mid February. Uh, but, but this is the time when a lot of people get, uh, you know, spring fever, and they get really excited about seeds and seed starting. Uh, and, and I think I want to begin the show by talking about which types of things when people you know if you're new to this concept what do you mean when you're saying seed starting uh because i think people aren't sure we're, we're talking indoors or we're talking in the ground and and uh, and there's some some kind of basic rules that we go by uh, uh about the timing of that type of stuff but but uh, but before we dig into the timing let's talk about what types of things if we're talking about seed starting as an indoor you know uh you know you got a little bit of spring fever type of a, of a project what kinds of things chris are people planting in a in a, a starter situation inside their house i think people's favorites really has anything to do with salsas or sauces so your yeah. tomatoes and peppers um even your herbs some of those things are yeah, the most heaviest done indoors. Right, and 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 the concept I think is that we're trying to get some of these things a head start because while we have a decent growing season in Idaho, we don't have a you know it's not as long as it is in Texas or someplace like that. And, right. and so some of these things need a little bit of a head start. Correct. Yeah, and, and people do it for the cost too. If they have a huge garden, you got to think some of these trays hold seventy-two plants in them. Right. So you can get a lot of seeds going indoors in a very small space. Now, is there such a thing as starting too early? Yes, absolutely. You got to imagine how much light is in your house and how big these plants can get, um, and you got to plan accordingly. Now, I think this is probably one of the biggest mistakes that beginners. Uh, you know do is that they get so excited and maybe they're not from Idaho and and so they get their tomatoes out and they put them in a little tray what well, what if somebody got really excited and started something too early well what would happen 
We have a couple of things. I mean, if they're really good and they know what they're doing, they might get a really big plant that is outgrowing its space and it's still too cold to put outside. Or if they're in the beginners, things might get a little leggy. They'll start falling over in the pot. Now, yeah. what you mean by leggy is that you you imagine a very skinny, uh, almost, uh, if you remember Popeye, an olive oil <laughs> type of uh, tomato plant that's like six feet tall and, and weighs 85 pounds, <laughs> kind of a, 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 a if you met, if you were going to put it into human uh, a structure. So to be really tall and really thin, and, and uh, the reason why we care is those plants have trouble getting going if you move those outside, right? Yeah, yeah, and it can be frustration for the person starting too. They think they don't know what they're doing, but it was just simply a starting it too early. Right. Now, if if somebody has a greenhouse, it's a little different scenario, right? Right. Yeah, there you get a little more air movement. You have even light throughout. That can help thicken right. the stock. A little you know, bit a better temperature things. and a little bit better humidity also. Yes, definitely. Right. So indoors, we're just we're limited in some of those things. So if you start your stuff too early, you're going to find that that it you're probably going to end up throwing it away and and coming in and just buying plants, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Which is what we're trying to avoid. Right. So so let's get into what kinds of things you mentioned the salsa garden things, but but there is also seed starting outside. Yes. Uh. And, and so so what kinds of things would we put in the ground outside that maybe we wouldn't start inside? A pretty long list, actually. Like corn hates to be transplanted. It just assume you put it in the ground and, and leave it alone from seed. Mm-hmm. And then your beets, uh, beans, and peas do just fine straight into the soil. Right. Um, carrots. Um, radishes. Radishes, you bet. We call them seed potatoes, but potatoes I would do right. straight into the ground. Okay. Um, and, and so... Uh, Still seed starting. Still seed starting. Yeah, same <laughs> just, idea. Just, yep. just, just, just. They want to actually be outside when they plant uh, instead of inside. Correct. And I, I see sometimes uh, a lot of different things like onions done both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, so we got you have some leeway, and and if they wanted to, all of the 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 Zamzos stores have this seed starting guide that that. Uh, would help you, uh, you know, figure out which things you might want to plant when. And yes. uh, so those of you that are just joining us, uh, this is the Zamzos Garden Show, and we're talking about seed starting today with Chris Owings, a seed starting expert. And it's a pre-recorded show, so so you have to email your questions on at zamzos.com or whatnot. In the meantime, we'll talk through some of these things as we go. So so are are there anything special while we're talking about onions and potatoes and seeds? Are those just, I mean, can I buy that stuff right off the grocery store shelf? Just plant potatoes or or onions that I get at, at like Winco and just throw those in the garden? No, it, it's highly frowned upon. Uh, potatoes, if we have a seed potato, then it's guaranteed to be disease free. Right. Which Idaho, you know, we we're known for our potatoes, and if we introduce diseases into our soils, of course, the whole community is going to burn your house down. So, <laughs> right. so we want to make sure that they are. Approved to plant in our soil, and the same thing is and, true with onions, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. I mean, theoretically, you could plant some of that stuff, but you but you run the risk of of devastating our local economy by doing that. Yeah, and they can be treated, so they they're treated with a um, a growth inhibitor, so they have a longer shelf life. Oh, you mean the, the ones in the produce department? Yeah, the ones in the produce department right. are, yep. So they can get a slower start. Exactly. Yeah. So it's important with with. Uh, 
tomato with potatoes and, and onions that you don't and the same with garlic and the same uh, with garlic, garlic is the same garlic is a yep. fall plant uh you, you know should have already had those in the ground but uh, but but those ones we want we want to be certified seed and and there is a difference between those things but in the in the packages there's i see seeds everywhere i see them at, at grocery stores i think i saw some at the dollar store you yeah know? uh well, well what's the difference between all these seed brands Boy, they're going to be a huge difference. I think the big one that we really look for is a guaranteed germination rate of 95% or better. Okay. All seeds are tested, and you can read on the back and see what that guaranteed analysis is, and and we strive for that 95% or better. Right. The other thing I think people sometimes don't recognize is, is that we go through a lot of effort to make sure that the seed varieties that we have on the rack are ones that are for this area, mm-hmm. you know, we're not planting uh, certain types of varieties that prefer to be down south or in Florida or something like that. These are these are Idaho seeds. Yes, absolutely. So, what about concern about GMOs and 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 you know, and I, I get that question a lot when I'm in stores. People saying, you know, are any of these seeds GMO? And I think it might be good to clarify that that issue. Yeah, definitely, because you'll see it advertised on all seed racks, non-GMO, but it would be completely impossible for a retailer to sell genetically modified seeds or GMOs. It would come with literally a Bible that was two inches <laughs> thick of all the cans and cans that you can do with right. that seed. So I'd have to have take back areas. And exactly. All yeah. Right. So, so all for all practical purposes, all garden seeds are non GMO. Correct. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, we're getting ready to finish our first segment here. Uh, uh, we're talking about seed starting, and this is the Zamzo's Garden Show. Uh, and uh, and we're, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the equipment that's that's important uh, to use in the process, and some uh, some tips and tricks that that maybe would help people have some more success. So uh, we'll. Uh, this is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and we'll be back with you after a minute. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and in 2023, Zamzo's is celebrating 90 years in the lawn, garden, feed, and pet business. We're also celebrating a record number of people signing up for our Zamzo's Lawn Program. We'd like to think these new members have joined the Zamzo's Lawn Program because they want a healthy green lawn that's kid, pet, and environmentally friendly, plus a year-long program that includes five applications of biologically correct lawn food that'll give them the greenest lawn in the neighborhood for one low price. But we also know there are several other factors quickly moving folks to the Zamzo's Lawn Program. The large increase in cost in having a commercial lawn service come to your home has made many people decide it's time to hire themselves. Plus, Zamzo's customers are now able to sign up for the lawn program online at zamzos.com. However, to make everything go smoothly, we can only offer online sign-up until February 28th. So beat the rush and go to zamzos.com and sign up before the end of February and have the greenest lawn in the neighborhood, guaranteed, or we'll give you your money back. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm Josh Zamzo, your host, and uh, and I'm here with Chris Owings, seed starting expert. <laughs> He's billed for this for this particular event, and this is a pre-recorded show uh, about seed starting. So if you have questions or or uh, uh, questions about other things other than seed starting, you can reach out to us on Facebook uh, or uh, at zamzos.com, and and uh, and we can address those questions in future shows uh, or or email you. 
or reply directly one way or the other. But in the meantime, we've been talking seed starting and talking about different kinds of seeds that people can can be starting in the ground or, or inside. And I think uh, as we transition to kind of peep stuff that people are starting indoors, uh, let's, let's finish with the timing. Uh, since we know most of the people uh, who are listening are, are growing salsa gardens, what we call mm-hmm. salsa gardens, tomatoes, peppers, onions, uh, cilantro, you know, jalapenos, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, those items, w- with the exception of onions, uh, tomatoes and peppers, uh, those things are planted a little bit later. We really don't, unless you've got a greenhouse, those things aren't started indoors right now. Right. Yeah, you can't really put them outside till that first or second week of May. Right. So that's our so, average last. Frost and what do you day. want? Six weeks, eight weeks prior to going outside started. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's really all weeks. you need. And, and and as we mentioned in the first segment, if you start too early, then you're going to have leggy plants that you're, you're not going to be happy with anyway. So so for most of the tomatoes and, and peppers and whatnot, uh, we're talking about, you, you had mentioned spring break, but we're really, the back half of March mm-hmm. is is on the early side. Correct. Right. So, so, so for most things, yeah, for and, and most for things. others, that's still too early. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, and then, some things that are starting outside. I know people put in the ground, you know, p- potatoes and whatnot. But, but even then, uh, you know, many, many people excited about planting potatoes on Good Friday. But, but uh, those of us that, that have grown that kind of thing around here, we we flinch a little bit starting that early. Right. That soil's too cold to just rot in right? the soil. Yeah. And that, and I think that's something that people don't understand you know you may have you know 65 degree temperature on a random friday but the ground is still cold yes and when it's cold those things just don't start very fast Mm -hmm. so so hold off hold off unless you've got a greenhouse gather all your stuff make your plan diagram your garden out but uh but you really till we get later in march that's when the really smart like people with experience are starting their seeds they're you know realistically you want to have success you're not quite in february is too early yep yep unless you're doing indoor like your lettuces and some of your herbs that you're just going to keep indoors and continually harvest then yeah you can do those at any time yeah at any time right even in Mm -hmm. the winter time okay so let's let's get into some of the equipment uh and and i think we let's start off with the basic piece of it the tray uh and the dirt that you're putting in the tray to start the seeds and and i I, I've noticed the stores have got something a little different. One of my biggest pet peeves with seed starting was, was that real thin single-use plastic that it seemed like everything in the seed world was was all that real flimsy, crackly uh, plastic type of material. And and I'm not seeing that at Zamzo's uh, right now. What what are, what are things moving towards? More of a reusable, okay. more environmentally friendly. And and the new one we got in is. Boy, I, just a guess, but three times as thick as those right. real flimsy ones. So many, 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 many uses. Many, and I and I think these are the ones that I saw that uh, they kind of have a unique feature and that there's multiple colors. Y- yes. So not just all black like they used to be. You you could actually have a uh, several rows of lettuce in green pots and and your tomatoes in red and you know whatever. There's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of different colors. Yeah, I think six or seven different colors. And they're sure. and they're rigid. I mean, the, you can tell you're going to use them again and again and again. Oh yeah, as soon as you pick it up, it's a night and day difference. Now, 
those those trays uh, that's what you're actually starting the seeds in but but what about the soil I mean, uh, are people supposed to go outside with a shovel and literally dig some some dirt out of their flower bed and put it in these or is there some special dirt you recommend there is special dirt and for a lot of reasons uh, people make fun of me all the times because i always say you want a really bland boring soil for seed starting right. but that is important if there's too much of a nutritional value to it or a fertilizer added you can actually burn that seed or that little cotyledons that very first leaf that breaks the seed coat and if it's a hot or heavy soil you'll either burn it off or smother that right. seed yeah and sure. a lot of people you know they quietly they buy big bags of of soil that they would use for a hanging basket or something and they don't recognize that there's a fertilizer value on there that that won't work well in seed starting correct yep and you want it very well drained to help prevent what's called dampening off, which is a fungus that attacks them and, and wipes your whole crop out. Right. And you want some wicking action. So they put coconut core or, or a peat moss, something in there, because sometimes your seeds, you want to water from the tray, not from above, mm-hmm. and you want it to wick the moisture up to the seed. And so all those things are stuff that you would find in a seed starting mix, specifically seed yes. starting mix. Yep. And all all the stores have that, I assume. <laughs> yes, it is in stock now. I've seen right. it. And it's time. Even though it's a little early, we do have all those supplies available. And, and, and so our people, they're taking those those seed trays and they're filling them full of that dirt. Mm-hmm. And, and are they packing it in? or? Yes, I would lightly pack. Like okay. I said, you want that wicking action, so you don't want a ton of air right so in your cells yeah. so you're going to tack attacking them in and then you're adding the individual seeds that you're planting mm-hmm. uh, in those trays with that with the seed starting soil uh, and then and then i've seen a, a dome of sorts at stores tell me tell me about the dome and what the purpose of the dome over the top of those trays is the dome is key while you're germinating mm-hmm. so once that seed breaks the seed coat and you can actually visibly see it then you can take it off but it's that dome's holding that humidity to there just to keep that top layer damp and i say damp not wet you want it like a washcloth you use to wipe your counter off right you can't wring the soil or wring the water out of it but when you touch it it's wet to the touch right now That's I've noticed a unique feature. We've had, there's been domes for years, but I noticed this year the 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 domes that I saw have kind of they looks like they've got some holes and and some way to control the humidity. Is that yeah, little vent yeah uh, slides on them. Yeah, so if you're seeing where it's actually dripping off the dome, you could open that up, let some of that moisture out. I think that's a kind of an under, underrated feature because you, you get that humidity going in it. And like you say, you come in the next morning, especially if you have a heat mat underneath and it just looks like a rainforest in there. Yeah. And then you end up with a lot of, you, you call it dampening off. We, basically what we've got is rot. You know, we've got a bacteria that's thriving because we've got warm soil that's moist. And that that's an ideal format for that for the bacteria to attack those little seedlings yeah absolutely so uh, so the new domes have got some vents and some other stuff and and so so uh, beyond that and I mentioned the heat mat let's let's talk uh, uh, you know what are your thoughts about a heat mat heat mat I say increases your success by at least 50 percent that yeah. might be under it might be closer to 80 percent 
but getting that soil temperature up to a 72 to 78 degrees is, is key speeds, for germination. Speeds that process. And this mat literally lays underneath the tray, right? Yes. You don't have and to worry it, about it burning the countertop. Or, right. And they don't, you don't have to worry about water getting on them. They're water uh, resistant. So you, you, know, you know, got electricity, but they're safe for that. Correct. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, uh, you're listening to the Zamzo's Garden Show, and we're talking about seed starting. This is a pre recorded show. So you'll have to email us your questions. Uh, but right after the break, we're going to talk about how to water some of these plants and, and, uh, and get into even more details about how you can do seed starting at your house. Uh, you're listening to the Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk 670. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and 2023 marks Zamzo's 90th year in business. We've been selling seeds and helping folks grow their own food since 1933. And if you want to start seeds indoors, Zamzo's is the place to go for everything you need to do it right. That's because being successful at starting seeds indoors oftentimes comes down to having the right supplies. And in 2023, we've added a lot of new innovative products that make seed starting fun and easy. Like our new prepackaged kits that come with a state-of-the-art heat mat, a tray that holds 72 seedlings, and a 2-inch mini greenhouse dome that holds in heat and moisture and keeps your seeds the perfect temperature all the time. And to make it easy to identify which seedlings are in which pots, Zamzo's now has color-coded pots. There are seven colors to choose from, including orange, yellow, magenta, and blue, just to name a few. Our seeds for 2023 are now in, so come get the seeds and supplies you need to do it right with help from us at Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you, including CUNA across from the park. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Our third segment here of the Zamzo's Garden Show. This is a pre-recorded show. I'm Joss Zamzo, your host here together uh, with Chris Owings, a seed starting expert of sorts. And uh, we're talking everything about seed starting. Uh, and so if you have questions for us here at the show, uh, you have to go to Facebook and, and post the questions there or email them and, and we'll get to them in the future uh, on a live show or uh, you know in another way. Uh, but in the meantime, we're continuing on in this process of seed starting, and, and we've gone through which types of seeds you start when and, and some of the equipment uh, that you planted. And we just finished that last segment talking about heat light, heat mats. Mm -hmm. What about a light, Chris? Does light serve any purpose? Light, I think, is really important. And, and I think the most common question I have is, do you need both? And I think you do, just not at the same time. Okay. So the heat mat you leave while they're germinating. Once they've germinated, you take the heat mat off and then put the light on it. Okay. And the light is important just to get a straighter stem, a thicker stem. Um, yeah, and it's just it's a full spectrum light that gives the plant everything it needs that it might not get growing in your living room. Right. Well, so most even even with a sunny window. Uh, you still have it only coming from one angle, and, and yeah, for a couple hours. And, and a lot of windows have UV these days, and and they're blocking some of the stuff those plants need. You know, I haven't thought of that, but that is true. <laughs> they do advertise that pretty heavily now, right? And, yeah. and you know, it didn't used to be the old school just single pane glass, but now there is a lot of UV to protect you know furnishings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And if you have those in place, you're going to find those windows just don't deliver. The, the you know what those plants need to really thrive and again they're going to get leggy or they're going to lay down uh, that type of thing um, one of the things I if I think about a single mistake a lot of people make it's in the failure to put a label into those pots 
Yes. Tell why? Tell tell people what can happen if they get that wrong. Well, there's one year I I personally did it, and I started. I mean, you got to imagine that one plant tray is holding seventy two plants, and I was doing six to nine of each variety of tomato and pepper and everything else, and then you have so many by the end, you start giving them away to neighbors. Well, they didn't want them because I couldn't remember what was what. So, <laughs> right. so that's one thing. It's always nice to know what you planted. And that way, you know where to plant it in your garden too, because different requirements there. Right, right, and and, and the varieties. I, I, my dad has has sometimes taken the uh, the little stick that you can ride on to place in the. I've seen him uh, push the seed packet down onto the stick so that you've got uh, you know some reference, all the details about wh- how many days to harvest and mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So so that's helpful as well. Yeah, and sometimes it's fun to start like. Every year I try to do a new tomato, one I haven't done before. Yeah. So I like to label it so I remember by the end of the year what that new one was and whether I want to do it again next year or not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Whether you want to make that same mistake yeah, exactly. twice. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so let's talk about watering. You know, we talked about the, the heat light and the heat mat and, and the, the soil, how critical that is. But let's talk a little bit about watering. I mean, it uh, it can't be as simple as just get the watering can and pour water over the top, can it? Right. You got to imagine this is very loose, arid soil. And with a little tiny seed in it, you overhead water it, you'll just wash them all out and you'll be mixing up your seeds or... Yeah, you'll have empty cells, or this cell has six seeds in it. Right. So even if you're really careful, you know, using a watering can is just not ideal. Right. So so what's really a a a, what's the pro tip? Like, what's the way to do this if you've made those mistakes in the past? How are you watering your seeds? Well, you have the tray, right, and then you put your cells inside of that tray. I like to lift the corner of the cell and just put the water right in that tray. Put about a quarter to half inch of water in the tray itself, Mm -hmm. and let the soil wick it up to the seed and that's to your point in an earlier segment you were talking about how important seed starting soil is it needs to wick water and that's one of the reasons why because it gives you the advantage of not having to water from the top yeah so i've also seen people mist uh you know so so if you're watering with a mister a really fine mister um you you could theoretically water from the top but you're not putting any like huge gobs of water right right yeah absolutely just keeping that top quarter inch of soil damp Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so uh, as as plants get going, and and let's say that that uh, that we've taken your advice and we've waited until you know March Madness, uh, you know, watching basketball, maybe starting some seeds. So we're really on the early, a little bit on the early side, uh, and and my tomato plants start getting a little bit big. How do I know when they need to get? be transplanted to a bigger pot before they go outside so like an intermediate stage oh nice Uh, i would lift again lift the cells out of the tray yeah and if you really see the roots busting out of the bottom it might be time to transplant to the next size up okay and then so as we're doing that process am i just taking the next size pot that that uh, the small next smallest size pot that I can find, or how am I how, how am I knowing what size to transplant it? Yeah, you want to do it gradual, because okay. again, if you have a bunch of if you take that little tiny seed or that plant and put it into a great big huge pot, you'll have this pot that holds all this moisture with the roots that can't utilize that yeah. moisture, and it'll just end up rotting it out. So okay. do it a gradual. So Great. just just ever so slightly incrementally larger. And and uh, th- this particular part, you know, uh, my dad, who is is probably 
if we were going to rank one of my favorite seed starters of all time. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my favorite seed starter of all time. Uh, Dad, when he goes to the next stage, he uses all available any any pot like I've gotten he always provides me with a lot of the stuff that he's grown but I've gotten uh, that next generation the the second generation of tomato plants in uh, water bottles cut halfway off yeah yogurt uh, containers <laughs> cottage cheese holes yeah. poked into them uh, all, all kinds of things uh, that he's used for that next stage uh, and and that those are all appropriate as long as they're just in the right size range we're not going what are we going up twenty percent twenty percent I think is a yeah. good rule twenty percent bigger pot than they were in before and and so am i just real gently pulling them out of the pot am i just jerking them by the stem like what, what am i doing i'd say right in the middle there <laughs> you don't have to be a, i describe mother nature and you gotta think she's throwing hurricanes and hailstorms and wind yeah. and everything else at the plants and when we grow them inside you know 72 degrees night and day they're just kind of babied so it's good to rough them up a little bit <laughs> i like to just take the trade tip it upside down and rock it back and forth and knock them out on the table yeah they're going to be just fine yeah they work that. out yeah they work out in the in the holes not that it can occasionally be one that doesn't but for the most part they're, they're okay yeah exactly and then what about the soil am i still using seed starting soil or no that's that's a good point at that that juncture you want to move up to a little richer soil, maybe even something that has a low-grade fertilizer mm -hmm. in it, but definitely a little more nutritional value than a seed-starting mix. Which is just so bland. They have trouble making that transition right. to the next stage. And this is also when, when you can start introducing things like chicken soup for the soil, which is our, our favorite go-to fertilizer. But we're yeah. doing light. We're not, we're not fertilizing them heavy like they're outside, but we're staying on the light side. Right, really light. Yeah. And then is it a, an old wives' tale about the fan blowing on these i swear by it and if you go to a commercial grower you know they have you know 80 feet of benches and then they have these six foot tall fans at the end right those fans are there just to whip the plant around it's that bending and stretching of the cambium layer that that's what thickens it right yeah if they never see wind that's when you get that leggy plant that just falls over so, so it's an important part of them developing and of course something they would see out in in uh, nature for sure so you're listening to the zamzo's garden show this is a pre-recorded show about seed starting and uh and so we won't be able to take any of your live calls but but you could email your questions to facebook or uh or, or at zamzos.com and we could get to them uh in another way uh but but in our final segment we're going to kind of wrap this up and and talk about some some uh pieces like the, what do we do when we actually take them outside and other things like that so uh you're listening to the zamzos garden show on 670 kboi the zamzos garden show will be back right here on news talk kboi Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and if you have an exotic pet that eats live food, Zamzo's is your pet supermarket superstore. Big box pet stores don't carry all types of live food, only frozen. But in the wild, your pet snake, lizard, tarantula, or classroom frog eats and prefers live food to stay healthy and happy. At the Zamzu, our in-store pet rooms at all 13 Zamzos, we sell a huge variety of insects that are food for other animals people keep as pets. In fact, in 2022 alone, we sold over 1.2 million 
million crickets. And where else can you find black soldier and blue bottle fly larvae that tree frogs, leopard geckos, and bearded dragons love? Hedgehogs and lizards love dubia roaches. Rodents, backyard chickens, and lizards love mealworms. We even carry night crawlers for axolotls and turtles. So when your exotic pet asks what's for dinner, make it something nutritious and yummy from the Zamzu, your pet supermarket superstore. Inside all 13 Zamzus. Nobody knows like Zamzos. We are News Talk KBOI. Welcome again to the Zamzos Garden Show, and and this is a pre-recorded show talking about seed starting. And I'm joined by seed starting expert Chris Owings, among other <laughs> things. You're expert at. You're also pretty good at this process. And we're talking everything seed starting. Uh, and uh, and and so to continue our conversation here, we we were talking about how you you you've done everything right and you've gotten those plants up where you're transplanting them into uh, the next size plant. And I, and I think the very next stage is when this stuff goes outside and, uh, and, and you, what a lot of people don't understand is we're, we're trying to balance the, the Idaho weather with uh, the longest possible uh, growing season that we can create for plants. And, and so just as a general rule, we, we go after this last frost, you know, the last frost of the spring. And, and typically, when do you think that is? It's usually, I think you and I actually debate on this quite a bit, but I always say May 10th is yeah. a good general rule. You always say May 10th. I say earlier than that. <laughs> and and the reason why people care is that, that, that a lot of this stuff will die if it freezes. Right. Right. So, so, and that's assuming that you got it out. It's just, it's just hanging out without any kind of protection. Um, and, uh, and then we get a late frost and, and that number that we work with is, it's the, the hundred year average. So they look at the last hundred years of when was the last frost and then they, you know, do the math and, and they come up with a date. And, and Chris always goes the 10th because he grew up down in Twin Falls and, <laughs> and it is that closer is to the 10th down there. Um, and, you know, if you look at the last 20 years, it's actually significantly earlier than that, uh, but but I think it, it, if if people are looking for tried and true numbers, it it's it's you know it's the end of that first week of May, no matter how you shake it. There are some things that people can do to speed up the process of moving stuff outside if they wanted, mm-hmm. and 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 one is is what we always called the wall of water. Yes. I actually love the wall of water. So, so tell us about the wall of water. What does that do? So, if you've never seen one, it's kind of a, a cylinder made up of a whole bunch of little tiny cylinders. Okay. And each one of those cylinders you fill up with water, set it out in the sun. It absorbs the heat during the day, and then at night it releases that heat back down into the soil. So it kind of protects your plant if we have a low or, or, or a minor frost, I should say. Right, and I I think one of the things that's underrated. Um, you know, you've got the frost protection, which you can get with an old milk jug or or a hot cap or or mm-hmm. any of those type of things. Uh, but but what the wall of water does, to your point, is is it's it's acts like a heater a little bit. Right. So so and and as we mentioned, you know, with with any of this stuff, the biggest limiting factor to growth with stuff that we put outside in Idaho is that the ground is still cold. Yes. And we said that earlier, uh, but that's a big factor because you can plant something and it can avoid dying a frost but it might not grow hmm. right yeah you'll stunt it again it's been inside 72 degrees night and day and then you put it in this 50 degree soil it does just kind of <laughs> shock it a little bit right yeah. and the roots are not actively growing and some other stuff and the wall of water helps with that 
right. quite a bit. Uh, but but it, what's the earliest you could even fathom? I mean, if, if let's just say you were reckless. <laughs> <laughs> what's the earliest with a wall of water that you'd put a tomato outside in the Treasure Valley? Ooh, that's a really good question. I I would say probably mid-April yep. if you were really watching it. That's what I was going to suggest is tax day. You're you're really pushing the envelope, mm-hmm. and you may not have a tremendous upside to go that early. To your point, like you're not going to gain a lot because it's still cold. Right. Yeah, and it's done some. It doesn't right. kill them, but right. they're just hanging out. So so warmer. you you don't have to get in any huge hurry. You you know work the weekends around, or you don't have a birthday party or something going on one particular weekend. But but we'd like to get them in the ground in that range of that first week of may what if i wait and i don't put them don't plant my tomatoes until the the end of june what happens (laughs) (laughs) then you really got to watch what varieties you pick like an early girl tomato that'll produce in 90 days so you'll probably be okay if you did an heirloom type tomato that needs 180 days before it germinates you'll you'll probably be into the fall frost before you even get fruit. Right, yeah. right. So there's a window there, and, mm-hmm. and so we want to utilize that window. We want to get them in the ground. And so if, if I'm past the, the danger of frost, is there still value in the wall of water? It still helps heat up the soil, so yeah. you will get a jump start. So, and the other yeah. thing people don't realize is you can use them year after year after year. Oh, yeah, they last a long time. Yeah, I've got some. I mean, you're, you're, you're putting them out for for three weeks or a month-ish. Mm-hmm. And then and then if you roll them up and, and, uh, and, and store them someplace where they're not getting, you know, poked or something like that, they, I mean, they're going to last years. Years, yeah. So, so uh, it, it, while, while, you know, they, they come in three packs and, and you've got an investment, they're more expensive than used milk jugs. Uh, they, sure. they do, uh, they can help you and you can use them for a long time. So what about sunburn? Sunburn can happen. It's not anything I would worry about. Again, the plant's just acclimating from mm-hmm. being indoors to outdoors. So it's the new growth should be just fine. But once that leaf is damaged, it's damaged. Nothing you can do. So so in the hardening off process, we can eliminate a lot of that. Yes. So yes. what's hardening off? Hardening off is important. So um, about seven to ten days before you're going to plant them outside, you want to start taking your plants outside during the day, bring them back in at night, and go back and forth for a while. If we're not going to freeze, you could even leave them outside overnight a few times once you get closer to the, the seven-day mark. But it's just that process of getting them used to Mother Nature. Okay. All right. Well, uh, so so we've got them. We've got them hardening off, and, and we've got the right uh, all the the right stuff together. Uh, what am I fertilizing with the, the, the stuff that's in the garden? I mean, what, what do you recommend that, that when I start the garden, I've transplanted the stuff outside and, and, and I got to start feeding it, right? Yeah, definitely. And there's a ton of different things you can do. My favorite is right when you dig your hole out, I'm going to put the three, two, one tab in it, mm-hmm. which has the mycorrhizae, which really helps the roots get out and going. Um, I like their very first drink to be thrive or chicken yeah. soup of the soil. And I do that with the three, two, one tab. And then um, if you're doing tomatoes, I still do tomato boom yeah. right down in the hole. Right. And that might seem like a lot doing all three for a tomato, but you won't regret it. For right. Sure. Yeah. Right. It definitely pays off. Mm-hmm. The, I think the if there's one mistake that people make that I see in the garden, it's that they plant the, the tomato and or, or, you know, they get all excited and they get everything installed and then they want to go to McCall for the weekend and then they want to go camping and they want to play on the boat and or go fishing or whatever and they forget 
to feed these plants regularly. So right. they get a good shot at the beginning and then they get neglected a little bit. Exactly. And with our short growing season, you yeah. take your foot off the gas, it really pays off. You end up with little tiny onions, little right. tiny potatoes, corn that's 18 inches tall. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they have one job, and that's to produce fruit. So, yeah, you do got to push them. You got to stay on them and early and often with the fertilizer piece of it. And uh, and and so so we've got that process. What what about before we actually put them in the ground? What am I amending my soil with? I mean, should I do anything with the dirt, or can I use last year's soil, or or what, you know, what do I need to do there? When it comes to amending the soil, I prefer a no-till method. Yeah. So I always top dress with compost, and I always do that closer to Father's Day. Yeah. So you want that soil to be warm, and if you put that compost on too early, you just blanketed and sealed that cold Kept air the cold in. in. The very yeah. opposite of, of what we're trying right. to do. We want the soil to warm up. Exactly. So any any top dress of compost or any, any mulch or any of that stuff, we're going to wait just wait, a little yep. bit. Okay. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, th this has been very informative, Chris. I really appreciate you joining us. Yeah, you uh, bet. This has been the Zamzo's Gardening Show, pre-recorded show about seed starting, and uh, and so we look forward to uh, to future shows with you, Chris. And thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been the Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and Tim Wilson of Boise is one of many Treasure Valley homeowners to raise backyard chickens. We have about eight laying hens and a rooster. At first, Tim was feeding another brand of chicken feed, but was not getting many eggs. We used a competitor's brand, and we would get one egg every other day. So this winter, he switched to Zamzo's locally made feed. Since we've switched to Zamzo's, I've been getting four eggs a day during the winter, which never had that happen before. That's four times as many eggs. Yeah, four times as many. And what about the cost of Zamzo's feed versus the other brand? Price is really comparable. It's not that much different. And most importantly, how do the chickens like it? Oh, they love it. I'm having to fill the feeder constantly. Tim also uses Zamzo's biologically correct lawn food on his turf grass. I do use the lawn care also because I know it's better for my chickens. So if you're raising backyard chickens, do what Tim Wilson of Boise did and make the switch to Zamzo's. We appreciate the store. We shop there a lot. 13 stores to serve you, including CUNA on Main Street across from the park.